0: Hello and welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. My name is Sean Davis-Newton, here with the Cups and Cakes Network, and uh, today I'm excited to share a conversation I had with uh, soul pop songwriter and Edmontonian Kaylee Thomas. I uh, caught up with Kaylee just a couple days after she performed at Up and Downtown Festival, the Purple City edition, I believe they're calling it. Uh, It was an amazing performance. It was so, so, so great to see everybody uh, outside enjoying some live music again with uh, exclusively Edmonton-based acts, so uh, Kaylee fit right in. We talked a whole bunch about her time uh, coming up in Edmonton in the musical theater scene and then starting to write her own original music. Uh, we, We talked a lot about songwriting and process. And we talk about the steep learning curve of pandemic-era gardening and uh, some of the uh, mistakes that Kaylee made along the way learning that uh, particular hobby. Of course, there is some foul language in this episode, so listener beware. And uh, inside the artist studio is one of the many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. can check out our website cupsandcakespod.com to find other episodes of this podcast as well as other audio video and written content that's cups the letter n cakespod.com here's kaylee thomas
1: absolutely my name is kaylee thomas um is this intro uh do i do i tell the people what i'm all about as well yeah, sure. Let's let's try it. <laughs> My mission statement. I don't actually really have a, a Kaylee Thomas manifesto, but I am a musician and an actor, and I'm from Edmonton, Alberta, and I'm happy to be here.
0: Well, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really happy to have you here on Inside the Artist Studio is the name of the show. Um, just to run through the format real quick, we're going to do a little rapid-fire section right off the front. Uh, And then go into some more standard interview stuff, talk about uh, the EP that came out 2020, and then uh, maybe uh, check in and see what you got coming up. Uh, This is the first one of these I've done in person for about a year. Wow, It's really weird to... Be like face to face and see somebody's face reacting to my face.
1: <laughs> it's good. Let's get real. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Well, uh, without further ado, then we'll uh, dive into the rapid fire. Uh, do you have a favorite baked good?
1: Whoa. Okay. Oh. I, the first thing that came to mind would be like a croissant, like an almond croissant or even like a chocolate croissant. That's like top of mind baked good but I'm also pretty into a banana bread okay yeah hmm.
0: do you prefer like a homemade banana bread or is there a place that you would go to pick one up that's really good
1: definitely homemade um you know if I had to pick something out of you know just your Random lunch counter. You got that waxy looking banana bread all (laughs) wrapped up. I would eat it and I would love it. But homemade with like maybe some walnuts in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You get some like, you know, a little extra nutrition. But I also just like that bananas can be so close to end of days. But they're still good for banana bread. Even when they're like completely black. I'm like, that is (laughs) perfect banana bread bananas.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I have a bad habit of like, I love banana bread. But I will always buy you know, a bunch of bananas and I'll eat like two of them and then the rest will start to look bad. I'll be like, I'll just throw them in my freezer. I'll make banana bread eventually. And I have a a lot of bananas in my freezer right now. (laughs) Fair
1: enough. That is the slippery slope of it, really. Could also throw those into a smoothie, but yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Do you prefer tea or coffee? Ooh.
1: I am gonna play the card where I actually say it's a it's a tie okay because I feel like I utilize tea and coffee very differently so if I'm like a bit run down or something like making peppermint tea in the morning and just sort of being like I see you body you're working hard I'm gonna give (laughs) you some tea but also just like getting so jacked up on coffee and just that is also a thing I really <laughs> enjoy doing. But I think maybe, yeah, I sort of, I'm on the, the coffee tea pendulum. But I did recently, my big investment of COVID was a mocha master, which makes okay. like very nice sort of like pour over coffee in very large quantities, <laughs> which I should have sort of taken it. I, yeah, anyways, it means that I've been drinking a lot more coffee lately. I have one in front of me right now, but I love you tea. You're also important to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know I never, ever drank coffee. And then I got a job working at Riverdale Recorders. And the very first day I was there, one of the two guys who worked there bought like this $500 pour-over coffee maker. It's amazing. It's so good. <laughs> it's yeah. really, really nice coffee.
1: Yes, absolutely. Which is, yeah, that's just, it's a treat. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll never say no to a good cup of joe.
0: <laughs> Uh, what's the first car you ever owned
1: a Volvo yes <laughs> oh my god my yeah we well I'm not sure if that's a podcast appropriate but anyways I had this I had this car it was great it was this white Volvo that I got I was like pretty gung-ho about getting my license immediately like as soon as I could that sort of seemed like the key to freedom Um And eventually, yeah, was able to basically buy one of our old family vehicles. Um, And yeah, that car actually, it met its demise in an accident. I was okay. It was fine. It also wasn't my fault. I'd like to have that (laughs) on record. But... I really liked that car and I was so sad afterwards. I was like, oh man, like that's the end of it. And they were like, yeah, sorry. It would be like crazy repair bills. You may as well just throw on the towel. But right. it was a good car.
0: Was it like one of those like, I always really love the Volvos from the 80s that are like, you know, like I would probably still draw a car like this where it's like a long rectangle with another rectangle on top of it.
1: Yes, we had that one with the, (laughs) which is funny that it was our family vehicle for so long because it was um, like a two door with the flip back seats. Oh yeah. Which always made for like very like comical and super clunky like in and out of the car (laughs) because you'd have to sort of like grab the side of the vehicle and like sort of, I don't know, like throw yourself forward and like get momentum to even get out, especially when I was really small. But we had that one and then we had a white one that also looks like comically kind of throwback. Like it's definitely not the sexiest car in the world, but like <laughs> it had a lot of it had a lot of style. Anyways, uh and it had like this like black kind of border. But yeah, we had a lot of Volvos. I think we were just like committed to that car company <laughs> for the first like 20 years of my life yeah yeah
0: yeah. what is the weirdest job you've ever had
1: oh i've okay the weirdest one um honestly okay i've had a lot of jobs um everything from like working in kitchens to serving but i actually think probably my weirdest job would have been when i was 18 i got a job working at a place called jr pain which does like soil tests and whatnot for like engineering <laughs> companies and it was okay. just like it was totally my dad hooked it up for sure he is an engineer <laughs> and i think he asked his friend was like can you help my daughter to stay out of trouble and they just like were like sure she can like work in this lab and like take soil samples and like test them for things and wear a lab coat but i just think about it now and i'm like oh man i was like an infant but i was making 20 dollars an hour it was so sick oh damn um but yeah i when i think back on that and just like the different people i worked with there's like so many characters and i was like definitely the odd man out at that (laughs) company but it was good jr Payne. love you haven't thought of you in a long time
0: Did you pick up any new quarantine hobbies over the past, I guess, 16, 17 months, two years, eight years? Yes.
1: Um. Yes. So, a few. Uh, (laughs) Probably, like, one of the more predictable ones was, like, I also went into something fermented. I know everyone went sourdough. Oh, yeah. I went kombucha. Yeah. My best friend moved to Norway. Um, to be with her partner there and was like, do you want this SCOBY, this kombucha SCOBY? (laughs) And I was like, looks crazy. Sure. Teach me how to do it. So then I like, yeah, anyways, I made kombucha for a while. But then most recently, I feel like a lot of the things I picked up in COVID are slightly more like I haven't been able to keep it up as we move into a different like pace now. So yeah, recently yeah. I ended my uh, kombucha factory, <laughs> but it was good. And the other one, which has a slightly, I'll, I'll condense it, but it has a funny sort of story to it was started to learn a bit about gardening. Okay. Yeah. I was really enjoying it. Doing all my little research, trying to figure out like how to space the seeds and what to do and da da da. Uh, most recently had it in the the old iCal that the zucchinis were potentially ready. Gotcha. Uh, go out into the garden. I'm like researching. <laughs> this is so dumb. I'm like researching like how you can make sure that they're like ready to harvest and whatnot. My partner Connor was like, oh, maybe we can like put a, one of the zucchinis in the stir fry tonight. So I'm just like, okay, cool. So I like go out there and I'm like researching, start like digging. Uh, but ben- below this zucchini plant, I'm just like, okay, let's see what's up with the zucchinis. Like, are they ready? I'm like digging. I'm like not getting anything. I'm like, <laughs> like, like hacking at the roots. I like pull the entire zucchini plant up and I'm like, there is nothing here. This has been growing for like two months and there is nothing here.
2: Oh,
0: no. <laughs>
1: And then, and he's just like standing at the top of the porch, just kind of like looking at me strangely and was like very sweet about it. But he was like, I think like it's important to kind of like do the research first. So I learned that day that zucchinis are not potatoes. (laughs) They do not grow beneath the plant. And we found Mm. these like two like tiny little like (laughs) zucchinis that I murdered. They could have been amazing. Um, So anyways, it's been a steep gardening learning curve. Yeah. But uh yeah i i do like gardening and i intend to maybe learn more about it moving forward
0: (laughs) good move i uh uh i did a brief foray into kind of fermented stuff i decided to make dandelion wine last year and i was so excited but i put together all the stuff um and i made a few errors in judgment um in the following the recipe process, and then opened it up around Christmas time, and it was like it was so so boozy. It was like really Ooh. really really boozy, and tasted just horrible. Oh no! <laughs> so yeah, that didn't it uh, didn't go super smooth for You're me.
1: Just like okay, like. I've got the ingredients for the party. Everybody is just gonna need to like, yeah, bring some chase and just buckle
0: up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, did you
1: did you drink it?
0: I've still got some. Okay, because... let's have
1: some. No, I'm just kidding. It's like one p.m.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think about pulling it out every time somebody's over, and I'm like, I don't know. You want you want to try something horrible? <laughs> um,
1: Dandelion wine absinthe. <laughs> I wonder if it's stronger, too, than it was intended to be. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Anyways. (laughs) Uh, If you could open for anyone, who would you choose to open for?
1: That is, like, really tough. Because then I go, like, do these people still need to, like, be alive and, like, in the industry? Or could this be, like, somebody who's... I I think uh, go nuts. Okay, I think it would be like, okay, this would be kind of like a dream scenario, but if we could get like Linda Ronstadt and like Lou harris i guess that's like their band with dolly parton maybe get like patsy klein in there like i just like start this giant festival and like i would just maybe briefly (laughs) do a song at the beginning but just like get to see all these legendary women perform and i think i would be a part of that and that then i i mean i'd die happy for sure (laughs) i plan on dying happy anyways but i think that would be ideal and if it had to be someone like present day I like so many artists. That's why it's just like maybe oh, that's really tough. I, maybe like a more realistic one. I'd like open for like an Andy Schaaf or something. Oh, yeah. Maybe do a little duet with Julia Jacklin. Yeah. Get in on the indie circuit. That'd be fun. <laughs> that seems like more realistic than Patsy Cline, who, you know, I don't think that's going to be possible <laughs> anytime soon.
0: Do you have a favorite local bite to eat?
1: Oh, man, you're just coming in hard with these. Like, (laughs) these are really, they're good questions. I I always struggle with favorites because I think I am someone that, like, I just, like, like a lot of things. But what would be some good eats I could turn someone on to? I kind of want to go... So I worked at the next act for a long time. So that's like often one where it's just like, Oh, that place will be open and we'll see lots of friends and that'll (laughs) be nice. But I also like think about like Padminati when Padminati used to be, um, kind of close to my high school, And it used to be like, now they have like a fancier spot, but like Kasim, who runs that business, used to have a spot um, near VicComp. But anyways, it was just like very unassuming. And you'd go in there and when when it was your birthday, they'd play you happy birthday over their kind of like karaoke PA. Yeah. But the song was like seven minutes long <laughs> so everybody in the entire restaurant and they'd come over and sing to you which is like very sweet but like it wasn't just like a single round and like yeah you blow out the candle it like went on like it just made me so uncomfortable but it was like amazing <laughs> so i feel like if we definitely go check out pabinetti amazing vegan food but also yeah. If we could time travel back to the the old Pabinati and have it be your birthday, I would say go there for that experience. Is, is that one not there anymore? It's not there anymore. They moved and they're so close. It just used to be like now I'm actually for having been born and raised in Edmonton, terrible with streets and avenues. But like <laughs> they um, they're just in a slightly different location now. Gotcha. And before it was just sort of like, yeah, they're like they just. I'm happy for them because the business, I think, has grown. And so they've been able to kind of, you know, change change their storefront look and all that. But it used to just sort of be like very, yeah, very unassuming. It was really great.
0: Is there a social media account that you like to follow that brings you some kind of weird joy?
1: (laughs) Um. Yeah, I'm pretty into people close to me. This wouldn't be news, but I'm like pretty into this woman named... Carl Lowenthal Uh, She is Like technically kind of like a mindset Coach but she like Is very empowering specifically for Like women and like Different people of like More marginalized identities but like Her stuff her like brain hack stuff I just find so helpful and she's very Inspiring she has a podcast called Unfuck your brain hopefully I can swear On this podcast (laughs) That is just fine Um, Yeah I don't know I like a lot of social media accounts. I think just more so her podcast has been very helpful for me to like shift my perspective sometimes on like what's
0: possible. Yeah, yeah. Do you prefer candy, chips, or chocolate?
1: That one's a little bit easier. I like savory things. Like that's usually always like if someone is like chocolate cake or like a charcuterie board. Oh my God, I'm like... (laughs) Is that pretentious? I'd definitely go for the charcuterie, okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like I would take an olive. I would take a bowl of olives probably over a bowl of like sour keys or like Skittles or something. So probably (laughs) chips, but then chocolate would be a close second.
0: It's funny. I don't know why I still phrase that question like that. Everybody says chips. (laughs) Really? Wow. Chips (laughs) are so like
1: crushable. I also feel like the (laughs) the quantity of chips that I could – Sort of tackle versus, I don't know. Like, you can't really. I, I personally can only eat so many chocolate bars, but I could, like, easily eat a bag of chips.
0: Right. I'm not sure I'd
1: feel, like, amazing afterwards, but, like, <laughs> for at least the first half, it would be great.
0: Yeah. Well, you, I, I think like the thing bag. is, too, it's like if you eat, like, you know, like, whatever like a half a pound of skittles or something that's it's all sugar it's all sugar baby and if you eat a half a pound of chips it's like yeah that's like a half a potato that you just ate and that's like not actually horrible
1: totally but what about popcorn
0: oh yeah i'm a big popcorn guy too that would
1: be my number one because i feel like maybe i'm clearly i'm just all about like quantity because i feel like (laughs) i can eat a lot of i can like have a book And I should probably put the popcorn in a bowl and just, like, eat a normal serving size. But I'll just get one of those, like, massive bags of, like, Boom (laughs) Chick-A-Pop. And then I'm just like, okay, we're doing this. And I can, (laughs) like, eat quite a bit of it and not feel sick. It's good. Yeah.
0: Uh, Do you prefer sports, board games, or video games?
1: Sports or board games. But sports, not in a sense that I'm, like, watching them on TV. It'd be, like, if some friends wanted to, like, go and throw a frisbee yeah, i don't know yeah. if that's a tech. oh no frisbee probably is a sport at this yeah, point yeah. um i'm sure it always was but <laughs> uh yeah like go kick the soccer ball around play a little slow pitch that's really nice see your friends smiling yeah you know get some endorphins from like moving <laughs> your body really good board games similar feeling get to like hang out with people have some laughs video games are cool too i just like haven't really been into them since I was I was really into like Starcraft and like Baldur's Gate when I was like I don't even know what age I would have been when Bioware came out with that game I was like into that when like computers were still new and nowadays I'm like any chance to like kind of not be on the computer is when I feel I think the most (laughs) alive
0: yeah yeah uh if you could put together a fantasy lineup of kind of any handful of bands give yourself a ticket to see that show will also say I always feel weird saying yeah you can pick like any bands like living or dead or whatever because I feel like somebody's always just gonna turn around and be like oh well the Beatles
2: that (laughs) Um, I mean which
0: nothing wrong with that it's a very good answer (laughs) you
1: said it um yeah I guess that's kind of similar to my answer from before um yeah I guess it would be like maybe I I could just, like, go and see an Ed Sullivan show with, like, Elvis. And, I mean, I wouldn't want it to, like, all just be white men. (laughs) It'd be (laughs) nice if there was some other folks on the bill there. But, like, I guess it would be, to me, it'd be about the time travel and also about, like, seeing the artists. But it would also just be, like, really cool to kind of, like, see what the audience looks like. If we could, like, go back to a show in, like, the 40s or 50s. Or, like, I'm really... I just kind of want it all with my answer to this question cuz it would also be like so cool to see like a Duke Ellington show or yeah, something yeah. back in the day, at, like going to New Orleans and be a fly on the wall. Yeah. So clearly a bunch of artists that are no longer with us would be who I would
0: like to see. Yeah. That tracks. I think too <laughs> when it's like, well, you can see anybody in all of history that's going to play music. It's like, well, there's kind of a handful of people right now that are great. Yeah. Um, But in all time, I <laughs> <laughs> you can't turn down the opportunity to do that.
1: That's why I'm also not one of those people that has my answer. Like, like when people are like, what's your favorite blank? Like usually I'm like, oh, because it kind of depends on like what I've been listening yeah. to recently. And then afterwards I'll be like, oh man, I should have said this. But yeah, I stand behind my very, general answer yeah yeah that uh that it would be to just go back in time (laughs) (laughs)
0: uh we got two here left then on the rapid fire part of things uh is there an album that spurred your love of music
1: oh man i feel lucky uh my folks aren't musicians per se but they're definitely music lovers so i feel lucky that a lot of the stuff that was playing around my household like a i feel lucky that my parents even played music because i definitely have friends that like music just wasn't really part of their family of origin. And like, you can't really, you don't really get to choose when you're like a little kid, you know, whether whether yeah, there's yeah. gonna be a lot of music in your household, so I'm very grateful for that. But yeah, they played a lot of like Neil Young and Carole King and Bob Dylan and a lot of just like, a lot of the greats, but I think maybe just having that subconsciously as like the soundtrack was probably helpful for my little brain just to be like (laughs) hearing music and like melodies. And then funnily enough, a lot of the songs that I was like really stoked on were like, like everybody must get stoned by Bob Dylan. When I was like (laughs) five, I was just like tearing around the living room because it sounded like a weird, like it almost sounds like a carnival or something. But a lot of the songs I like go back to them now are like the doors. Like is that song called whiskey bar? like tell me the anyways it's like all these ones that sound kind of like brooding were my favorites and then like of course the subject matter was all maybe like not appropriate for a five-year-old but like (laughs) yeah so i mean basically just carol king tapestry on repeat uh is is sort of i'm like losing track of the question but that would have been the music that that i grew up on for which i am very grateful
0: Yeah, well, very last question then. Are there any uh, bands or artists, kind of up-and-comers that you really uh, are a fan of that you want to kind of give a shout-out to or uh, underappreciated folks?
2: Hmm.
1: This is going to be like... I was out in Toronto for a little while and I was working at a music venue called The Burdock. Okay. And it was very cool to work at a venue... (gasps) Oh, bad form! My phone <laughs> just went off. I'm going to turn that on silent. My <laughs> word! I apologize. How dare you, cupcakes um. listeners? I know. Oh, <laughs> okay, it's off. Anyways, um, it was really cool to just like see shows there every night and like just yeah. see different people come through. Um, and there were these two, so. Yeah, it's funny like saying this out loud because I've like told these artists, but I don't really know them that well. But actually Sarah Harmer's, I think it's Sarah Harmer's niece, Georgia Harmer. She's like, (laughs) again, if I get this wrong or you're hearing this, Georgia, and you're like, who is this woman? Um, (laughs) Anyways, her voice is just like amazing and her songwriting was so good. And I think when I saw her, she was like 18 years old and I was like, holy, if I had like label or managerial clout, Like, I would definitely be, um, you know, trying to work with this artist. And then another one... um, This is tricky. I feel like I should be repping um, Edmonton folks here, not necessarily, (laughs) like, Ontario. But basically, honestly, it was just, like, getting to see a bunch of different... um, Young women and people of like different gender identities just like absolutely like killing it and like stepping into their power and like performing at the burdock and like seeing kind of smaller smaller like or artists that are like maybe earlier on in their journey and like an intimate venue like that all the time was yeah. really, really cool. Um oh, there's another one. I'm like already I'm like, can we edit out this pause? <laughs> The, the Google um, silence. I know. Um. But like, I guess I'm just like trying to put my money down on um, the next generation of, <laughs> oh, I feel like her name is, yeah, Melissa Paju. She had like performed at jazz fest and whatnot. Also like a young woman. Um, Or potentially identifying as non-binary, but they're an artist at Humber right now. But I swear to God, like 10 years from now, we're going to look back at this podcast and I'm going to be like, Georgia, Melissa. And then it's (laughs) going to be like, I called it. Yeah. So I think
0: think big things will be coming of those two artists. (laughs) Perfect. Well, let's uh, swing on over into the second half of things here then. Uh, I guess, you know... (laughs) Again, for the past, like, year or so, I feel like I've been starting every conversation with, like, how's the pandemic going? Um, so, how's the pandemic going? Hopefully, we're getting to the end of that question. But uh, how how has that been for you?
1: Yeah, I probably similar to anybody answering this question. I think it was, like, many things. There's sure. sort of, like, the dark and the light to the whole experience that we all just lived through and luckily survived um i think it was really beautiful to be kind of like in a little covid pod with my folks like there was sort of some uh sort of unforeseen things there in terms of being like oh like now my social life is like very very small like it's like my partner and my parents but it just like strikes me that that would not have happened otherwise like we would have still just been like racing around going at like some crazy breakneck speed (laughs) like stupid people um and it was nice to just like be forced to slow down and recalibrate um and i i'm like an introverted extrovert uh and i really really like seeing other people and being able to like connect with other people but i also do fine on my own so i found it was like it was, like, a nice opportunity for me to, like, get to know my brain a little bit better with, like, all the time I had on my hands, <laughs> which I know for a lot of people that's, like, terrifying. But it was, like, good. I feel like I developed, actually, some, like, healthier coping strategies. And when I'd be feeling really anxious, I was, like, getting a little bit better at, like, befriending my anxiety, which, yeah, that's, like, a odd silver lining of everything. Yeah. But, um... And then just, like, really valuing, like, being able to, like, be around people now. Like, just being, like, oh, my God. And, like, not really (laughs) holding back on, like, telling people how much they mean to me. And just, like, being more loving and sort of, like, showing up in the world the way that I want to. I felt like I had a lot of time to, like, think about stuff like that. And luckily, um, yeah, just, like, through being in Edmonton and being a part of the community here, I was able to like find different types of work and like just all these things. Um, I'm also lucky like I don't have children or dependents or anything like that. So a lot of the things that would be, I think just massively, massively stressful for people. I was still very stressed that like, I didn't want all my friends and family to die, but I also (laughs) am just fortunate that it's like, you know yeah yeah I wasn't in like the deep shit of it I was just like hiding out at home like yeah trying to befriend my anxiety
0: yeah I, I will say um on note of like feeling uh happy that we're kind of starting to get to this point that's a bit more normal um I was at up in downtown the other day which you mm-hmm. played at, which was a couple days ago now um it was really nice during that whole festival to kind of be able to stand on the sidelines a little bit and see people walk up to each other who clearly hadn't seen each other in a long time and be like, whoa,
2: how's it going?
0: Yes. And and then too, yeah, everybody being like really, really excited to just like see music again, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a wild one for me too, because it was like so many people like, well, just haven't seen so many people in a long time, but then it was also people that I just genuinely also hadn't seen like pre pandemic for a long time. Right. Yeah. Maybe who knows if they would have come out under different circumstances, but it was really cool. Yeah. It was a unique thing in that, um, it was sort of the only thing of that kind happening around that time. So I felt like, yeah, we were just so high on just, people's company afterwards, like talking about the different people that we got to see at the show. That was definitely the highlight of it for me was just being able to like see people face to face and, and just sort of like connecting that way um, in, in a safe environment and one that it just felt like people were having like, you know, an experience together, which was what I really missed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You were in Toronto for a while too, right?
1: Yeah, I went out there for a bit. I was like very back and forth. Um, It's the Edmonton way, I suppose. (laughs) Um, So I was like doing some acting in Edmonton and then I was out in Ontario and like, yeah, I was sort of dipping my toe in the waters out there and meeting some different people out there and like playing some shows out there, which was really, really good. Like nice for me to kind of like expand and sort of, like, just, like, try to, like, extend my community out east a little bit. For sure. Um, Yeah, I love that place. I always feel like I'm, like, cheating on Edmonton if I say that I like Toronto, but, like, (laughs) Edmonton knows it's my, like, number one lover forever, so, (laughs) you know, yeah.
0: I do think that there's a real... uh, uh, Sensitivity isn't the right word, but there's, like, it's common knowledge, I think, among people in the arts here that um, it's kind of, like, Sin to move to Montreal (laughs) or to move to Toronto. Like when people leave, it's kind of like, yeah, it's
1: kind of tough. I mean, there's just nothing, I suppose, just like having spent the better part of my 30 years on the planet in Edmonton, like even the experience that I had at the Up and Downtown Festival on Saturday it's just like the the roots are so deep Yeah, yeah. that to me, just the people here and sort of just to be, to belong to a community is so powerful. And that is sort of the thing that I think for me is something that I value so much, which is why I end up kind of still being here a lot of the time. Like, I mean, I've been here since last, like since, since the pandemic pretty much started. Um, And the Toronto thing is, so great to connect with some folks out there and just to be able to like play for a different, um, audience kind of, and like sort of get out of my bubble a little bit. Um, but just, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess that's what keeps people really healthy is like belonging yeah. somewhere. And so like having different friends and like colleagues and other artists that I love and being able to like support other people's work. And then also like partake in events, like what happened on Saturday is just like this kind of, I have yet to be able to, like, cultivate that sort of, like, feeling anywhere right. else. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah.
0: Well, I think there's something about kind of smaller cities in general, right? Like, you you get to be kind of, like, proud about where you're from because, like, I don't know, like, cities like Edmonton or, or Calgary or Saskatoon, I think, get a lot of flack from bigger places right Mm -hmm. and so you get used to being like yeah I'm from Edmonton it's great it's a really great scene there's a lot to love about it and people tend to be really vocal about that yeah from here
1: yeah it's such a tough one like especially in music because you have to be transient right like you need to be exploring other markets that is the only way to really grow in my opinion to actually play for people in real life and find the folks that are gonna like what you do you have to break out Um, from, you know, maybe where you're most known and sort of like, you know, face the reality of that too. Cause if you're kind of always, you know, just like staying, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't even need to finish that sentence. You understand, but, um, (laughs) but it's, uh, yeah. Being able to like come back to somewhere and sort of even just, yeah, I don't know. See so many people that, you know, it's just such a nice feeling,
0: (laughs) (laughs) So so when did you i guess start uh like gigging in Edmonton? And then like when did you actually start playing your own songs?
1: Yeah, so I um Yeah, it's kind of an interesting trajectory. I used to do like a lot of theater and right. um I've I've sung for a very long time and like been involved in music for a very long time, um but it probably wasn't it wasn't until my early 20s, like around like 21 that I first started kind of playing a bit of guitar um, and just like making up some songs, which is like very, I sort of talked about this a little bit at the show on Saturday. It's like really nice to think back to when you're like, at least for me, when I was like starting something and there was like, I had no preconceived notion and like I was just like not hard on myself at all in terms of being like, I was just like so stoked to like play a G chord. I was like, this is amazing um and like just to like make some string some words together and like sing a melody and then sing it into like my shitty little garage band speaker and like record a little song i was just like so high on like the i guess discovery that like i could like make something yeah um and I, I'm coming back to that feeling. I feel like I have like ventured like away from it and then just like made the stakes way too high and had like way too much expectation. And now I'm kind of coming right. back to like, I think it's just really important to, at least for me, I'm learning to like try and make like the journey of something feel good and not just think like, oh, it's going to feel good when I like release this or like accomplish this thing. Cause then it right. can still feel like how it felt while you were making something.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, I I think with music, too, like so much of it is dependent on like, um, like, how are you going to measure success of like the release of a thing? Right. And inevitably it's like, well, you have to get lucky and have people actually listen to it. And if your whole goal the whole time while you're like writing the songs and making the thing is like someday many people are going to listen to this oftentimes it just, it just doesn't happen. And then it's a huge disappointment.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like, yeah, what, what, what metric or what markers are you going to gauge the success of something on? Like for me, I like, even for live performance, it sounds, I I mean, I don't even know what it sounds. I don't know what you'll think of this, but (laughs) I I'll sort of just be like, if I like connect with like one person, like it's worth it which sounds like you hear artists be like oh if like two people show up like still give the best show of your life but i think definitely like setting intentions for things um and just sort of like yeah i don't know or like even i'll be like yeah i'm gonna have fun like i'm gonna be like playful i'm gonna try new things like stuff like that where i'm like kind of giving myself permission ahead of time and then it doesn't feel like soul crushing when you're just like I'm going to headline the Pitchfork
2: Festival.
1: <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to be the biggest artist in the world. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so you started off doing, like, kind of musical theater stuff, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so how, like, I, I, I guess you went to the U of A, right? Mm-hmm. right yeah. Bad. Um Do you ever find things that you did in that kind of program kind of leak into... Your like songwriting work now.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that like it's all performing. Right. So I'm still like I definitely still feel like I'm trying to continue to educate myself like about singing, which I've been doing since I was like a little kid. But I still find that there is so much more to learn. Um. And I'm like, yeah. I guess just trying to like continue to hone my craft. But like for the theater stuff there's like a visual element of music that I like in terms of making music videos and whatnot. Like right. when I'd be in productions and playing a character, Oh, oh they're coming for us.
0: The one eighteenth of Yeah. Vibe. I don't know um. if
1: you can all hear this, but the sirens are here. So I got to go. Uh, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, anyways, like wearing a costume and playing a character and like really sort of trying to give like an embodied kind of, dynamic performance of something that's where I'm still figuring out like maybe how to like cultivate that in my like more like indie music existence but to me the through line is that it's still all performing and it's still like all energy and trying to like connect with an audience and so I definitely don't I don't think it hurts to have like gone through that BFA and like done all my acting training yeah um because it's just like more tools in my toolkit yeah yeah yeah
0: well yeah I, I think too there's like it's it's all like arts mm-hmm. oh right? yeah yeah, and yeah. There's, there's something that's good about those programs where you're just kind of learning how to be a creative person
1: yeah exactly yeah especially in this city too like the cross disciplinary like even you know again this is very niche edmonton stuff for the <laughs> edmonton listeners but even like after the they had a little after party at a spot called grindstone theater and it's like I feel like the theater and music community and even the film and like Fava film and video arts community here, they're very interwoven. So if anything, I feel like there's just like more folks to kind of draw on or collaborate with. Yeah, um, for sure. By kind of existing in like a few different worlds. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So how do you, how do you choose the types of people that you want to actually collaborate with then? Cause, uh, I mean, whether it's here, whether it's in Toronto, there's like an enormous kind of wealth of talent that you can draw on, right?
1: Yeah. Well, there's no shortage of amazing people to work with, first (laughs) and foremost. I definitely, again, probably a pretty classic sentiment, but as I get older, like... Somebody's like sort of spirit and like approach to things is like really important. If I'm in yeah. a rehearsal and I have somebody that's just like an insane shredder, but like, doesn't really want to be there or it's just like, it's just like a job, you know, right. like it's kind of a balance of both. Um, and so, yeah, just like, people I enjoy being around is always sort of a plus first and foremost, because yeah, yeah. ultimately we're hanging out, especially if you're like touring with some people, it's like most of the time you're just around one another and maybe 10% of the time you're performing. Right. Um, but uh, also just people that I feel inspired by or, you know, oftentimes I'll see somebody else doing something and I'll be like oh man it'd be so cool to work with them um and that's probably one of my favorite parts of my job now is that I am able to like approach different kind of creative entrepreneurs and like pitch ideas to them and yeah. if they're free to collaborate like amazing but it's like it strikes me that I'm just working with so many different kinds of people all the time kind of doing music video stuff and music stuff and and that's just really cool because it, it's all about the people to me. That's the part that like yeah. fill, fills my cup. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, because you uh, had a super, super killer band the other day too. I, I know I always take notice when Dean is yeah, playing yeah. with people. Yeah. Dean is himself incredible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we were laughing. I was like, happy 10 years. Um, <laughs> but it would be longer actually because we were laughing. I would have met Dean. I can't remember exactly how many years apart we were, but we we were just talking about like the first house that we would have ever had a rehearsal at. Yeah. Um, And I was just laughing. I was like, it'd be so funny to be a fly on the wall and like hear what that rehearsal sounded like. (laughs) Um, yeah, but no, they're, they're all so great and nice to just, yeah, be in Edmonton and sort of be able to, you never know, like you just, you pitch an idea to somebody or you pitch a show and then if they're free, great. And if not, that's fine too. But it was nice because like everybody I asked was just like, fuck yeah. And like around (laughs) and like ready to do stuff. So um, even having this artist Colleen Brown to be able to do harmonies with me, sometimes depending on like the budget of the show, it's like, we'll we'll play as a four piece. But it was, that was a treat because I was able to play the songs like really how they are recorded with like, the harmonies and everything and so now I'm like oh man I kind of never want to do it without the harmonies again that was so nice
0: (laughs) so I I wanted to touch on real quick like some just general kind of songwriting stuff like Mm -hmm. process stuff um I I guess right off the bat like how do you how do you go about actually demoing new material like when you're in the process of writing something
1: good question Sean um I'm about to probably like revise my answer to that question as i move (laughs) into that space once again yeah um yeah i'm actually quite interested to see like what my process is going to be like that's sort of the next step for me um is to like keep expanding my body of work over the next little bit i sort of did uh i know everybody had a large expanse of time during covid but i took on a bunch of jobs sort of outside of the music industry and now I'm feeling like I've created some space um, to kind of go and like create anew and begin again. But I, I am a melody person and I would say that my, my main instrument is my voice. So to me, it's kind of about trying to find some sort of like rhythmic sense or some sort of ins- instrumentation that can like get across like the feeling that i'm trying to convey and i might even who knows i'll have to report back as to whether this is (laughs) effective but i thought it'd be really cool to try writing a song that like you're just like okay this song is like if this song could like look like something it would be like this vista or like these like this color palette like almost like trying to like because i'm very visual yeah so like i would love to create something that's just like this song i want people to like be able to like dance to it or like move their bodies and like try exploring from like a very specific sort of like starting place. Yeah. Yeah. Um So I'm very interested to do that because in the past, um, uh, rhythm especially is what I'm interested in uh, for this next record would be kind of like building things up because I'm a singer and like the melody stuff is easy to try and like make sort of a canvas of rhythm and then write the songs from there. Because right. I'd really love to like... I just want to dance, you know? I just want to <laughs> dance on stage. I'll play some like slow stuff too. But I'm like excited to explore some new horizons.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, do you, When you like start a new song, do you, do you have a pretty solid idea of like what you want kind of production-wise out of it? Like how you... Like the general vibe of the actual recorded song?
1: This is where... Like, if I could just make all these different kinds of albums, which I I guess technically there's nothing stopping me, but sometimes, like, under the umbrella of, like, I suppose my music project, I'm sort of like, okay, like, I guess I'm doing this kind of, like, hi-fi, lo-fi, like, modern throwback thing. But I'd also, yeah, maybe I can just become hopefully more prolific in the coming years and, like, also just, like, do some, like, side stuff that's, like, um, I don't know, kind of, like, a garagey kind of, like, shitty sounding couple of songs <laughs> that like you know stuff like that but but I, I do know what I like I think I'm I'm fortunate in that sense that like even when I'm trying to kind of distill something down I can be like I love the way that the bass sounds on like this this and this so like let's get that bass going with that really like thunky beach boys sound (laughs) and like things like that um where I feel like it's not like a total I'm not just like navigating in the dark because I sort of have these touchstones of sounds I really like um but uh that's like a long kind of convoluted way of saying I do know how I want things to sound and I do know what I really like and to me it's just a journey of like how can I get my music to like that level or like to sort right. of fit with those other artists that I love so much. Like how can I make my own brand of like that sort of sonic palette?
0: Yeah. Which mm-hmm. for sure, I think too, like picking the people that you want to play on it and mm-hmm. people you want to record it is definitely a huge part of that too. I'd imagine. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and I guess that's a nice thing about kind of pro- progressing as an artist or maybe, you know, maybe okay you can shoot a little bit higher about like, I don't know, maybe there's like a producer or somebody you want to work with and you never know. You don't know unless you ask or approach somebody, but it's fun to like dream big about that sort of thing. Um, Yeah, anything's possible.
0: Well, uh, with that, we'll kind of pivot into the last little teensy section. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a song that you would want to play of yours here at the uh, very end of the episode?
1: It's always like... Hmm. I Feel like they're all good for different sorts of things. Although, I guess what I'm really trying to get across these days is like trying to help people to give themselves permission to like be creative and like try things because that's what I'm trying to do for myself, like even for the show on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I was just like I I want to try some new stuff. Like it might not seem that crazy to anybody else, but even having these like different musical elements and inviting other people to come and be a part of it and, like, you know, doing some movement and whatnot. Like, all of that is, like, kind of different than what I've done before. But I definitely don't want to, like, stay stagnant or play it too safe just because I, like, you know, have done that before. So you're just like, oh, I, like, can kind of maybe predict the outcome of this. Like, I definitely (laughs) am, like, down for, like, trying to trust in uncertainty. And so I would say to play the song Two Minds because to me I'm sort of, like... That was of of the most recent EP I released. Some of those songs were a little bit of older ideas. By the time um, it came time to release that record, but two minds, I had. It was like kind of the most re- recent song I had written. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know. I like to think that it helps people to. Ah, yeah give themselves permission to like try things and like kind of maybe take stock of when their minds are not being like super helpful and then (laughs) uh you know do it anyways even if your brain's like no don't do that that's scary you're gonna die you're just like no no i may feel like i'm gonna die but it's good it's actually growth
0: (laughs) (laughs) well uh perfect then yeah Uh, we're gonna listen to a song called two minds by kaylee thomas uh Thanks so much for chatting. That was a very nice time.
1: Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, And thanks for listening, everybody.
0: Inside the Artist Studio is produced by Sean Davis-Newton for the Cups and Cakes Network. The featured track, Two Minds, was played with permission from Kaylee Thomas. Thanks to Laundry Week for the use of their song, Nothing on My Mind, from the Grimpy EP as both our intro and outro music. Inside the Artist Studio is one of the many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's Cups letter N cakespod.com thanks for listening